some tough roster decisions coming up for the New York Giants. What direction are they going to go in at the various spots? David Turner, former NFL scout, joins me on the podcast to help break all those decisions down and then some. Coming up next on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy Monday to everybody. The New York Giants 2022 preseason is over. The Giants losing to the New York Jets, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is, is there's roster decisions that need to be made and Joining me on the show will be David Turner, former NFL scout who did work with the Giants, the Raiders, the 49ers, who did some personnel work with CFL. He knows his stuff. We're going to talk about what we've learned about the Giants preseason on today's episode, which is brought to you in part by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash Locked On. That's bright.co forward slash Locked On. And David, my friend, the season, the preseason is over a couple weeks away uh, from the regular season, but some big decisions coming up for this New York Giants team. I think there's going to be some tough decisions coming up, which is always a good thing for us fans and for us sitting on the sidelines with it. I think there's going to be some easy decisions too, which is not a good, not a good place to be. You know, this is the time of year when I was sitting in the chair, making the decisions with the coaches. You always want a team full of tough decisions. You didn't want easy decisions. Cause I was like, uh Oh, we didn't, we don't have the right talent in these spots. I think there's a couple spots for the New York giants. I think will be easy decisions one, because it's very decisive and easy. You know who your starters are. There's a separation of talent. Even though you're going to let some young guys go that are going to be probably catching on other places, it's just easier. They've separated out at a high level. And then there's another. There's other positions where it's like, we probably don't have enough talent there for this position. And if everybody's been listening to us talk about the preseason, I think people will know where I'm going with that. Um, but... That being said, I think there's some tough decisions, and it'll be fun to talk tonight through some of these tough decisions and how the 53 is going to look. I believe the practice squad is still staying at 16 for the the foreseeable season, so that's good for a lot of these young players. You do the math, you got 53-man roster, 16 on the practice squad. There's 85 currently on the roster. So 16 plus, you know, 53, that's already going to put you at 69 positions, right? right. Yeah, so you're going to be sitting about 69 positions. So, you know, again, there's going to be about 9 or 10 players that are going to be, you know, basically put on the street or on IR or what have you coming up. It's never a good time of year. It's men losing their jobs, people losing their jobs, right? But same point, you have to do it. It's a competitive business that we're in. So, you know, we'll get to talk about it here tonight. Yes, we will. And, you know, also uh, influencing the roster decisions it's going to be injuries, you know, like, for example, can they afford to keep three quarterbacks 
when they're banged up on the offensive line and they have some issues at edge rusher and, uh, you know, other spots that they, they might have to address. So decisions like that are going to be really difficult for them. But let's talk about some of these decisions. I think one of the tough ones, at least for me, and you might disagree, is running back. Do they keep three guys? Do they keep four? Did Gary Brightwell do enough to maybe outshine Deshaun Corbin? You know, how do you see that playing out? I think Brightwell's ability to return kicks is going to be the one that sticks him on the team and put Corbin on the practice squad. I, you know, I don't think there's enough teams out there looking for running backs that are going to try to claim Corbin. I might be wrong, but I don't think Corbin's a guy that people are going to try to claim. So I think you can get him through, get him on the practice squad. He had a really impressive game today. I thought he ran really well last week too, right? So, you know, for me, I think – there's a lot of value in making sure you get him through. He had six rushes for 23 yards today, long of 11 and a touchdown, right? So it was all beautiful. And I, last week he had good rushes too. So for me, you know, Corbin also caught five. He was targeted five times, received the ball five times, 33 yards today. So again, value there, but with Brightwell's ability to return kicks and have that value, and he's a little bigger of a guy too, I think he sticks. Corbin goes to practice one. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, now, do you think they keep let's so they they would have Saquon, they'd have uh, Brita, Brightwell. So you think they go with three, or do you think maybe they try and squeeze a fourth guy out there? I <coughs> like would Tony Williams. I'm thinking. I was gonna say I think they would like to keep Williams. Now again, will that mean Williams goes to practice squad initially, or does that mean he stays on the roster? how they do it with the offensive line having some injuries in, in the edge rushers having injuries. What is it? How are you going to divide this up? It's going to be tricky for Joe and for everybody involved coming up this weekend or these next few days. That being said, I think a guy like Williams and Corbin, you can get onto a practice squad because where I when I'm evaluating a lot of teams right now, they seem to all have one, two, and maybe even three running backs situated on most of the NFL rosters. I don't see a lot of rosters with deep holes there, but a guy like Williams might get picked up. If you put him out there exposing him to a cut, you know, you, you could lose him. I just don't think with the injuries that the, the Giants are currently nursing they have the ability to keep four running backs on the roster at this time. I think three is the max they could do, especially because they're going to keep uh, – I think I think they'll end up keeping offensive linemen up. So, therefore, you know, they're going to – I don't know. I, when I cut it up today, I was doing the – and I was cutting it up as, like, you know, I like to do. I only kept three running backs, but I put two on the on the practice roster. Interesting because, you know, the other thing that, you know, factors in is they could probably give a healthy Kadarius Tony and a healthy Wandale Robinson a few touches if they needed to. So I don't know that keeping four running backs is, is you know, a must. You know, I think uh, they also have this kid, Chris Myrick, who's kind of the fullback slash H-back. So mm -hmm. I think they can, quote unquote, steal from other spots to fill in what would be a, normally the fourth running back spot, which uh, they're going to need that spot, I think, for maybe offensive line, which we'll get to in a little in a little bit on the show. And in addition, if they can get Williams and Corbin on the practice roster, right, 
that gives him a really healthy opportunity in case, you know, Brita, you know, he's been banged up a little bit this preseason. We, you know, Saquon is Saquon. We're hoping and praying to God we we got a healthy Saquon, right? But you wouldn't want to lose Williams and Corbin if something were to happen with one of those backs. It'd be great to be able to elevate them. And when you do have extra spaces at 16 men practice rosters, it would be in their best interest to keep them on the practice roster, in my so, opinion. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right, tight end. What do you do? You oh. keep all three or you keep all four? Oh, boy. You know. Or do you go outside because you're just not overwhelmed by what you've got? When I cut up the tight end spot, I kept I kept two. Two. I kept two wow. because you have the you have Myrick, right? That's a tight end, H back. So, you know, I kept Myrick and I kept um Bellinger, but I put Austin Allen down and Hudson. I I, I wasn't I didn't see enough from Hudson to where I was like, I gotta keep this guy. I gotta make sure I, I keep him around. He, unfortunately, was one of my cuts I let go and told – he's the kind of kid I would say, keep in shape. You never know what's going to happen in a few weeks right. kind of kid. You know, that that's what I did. And I okay. put Allen on practice squad um, and didn't, ha- you know, didn't have him up. Because we have injuries at that outside rusher, I'm going to be able to keep an extra outside rusher that will help me on special teams there. And with offensive line issues, I need to keep an extra guy there. So this was a spot where I try to steal – put one down, and if I need to activate them, I can't. But I'll have them there to practice with. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and they don't really use the tight end a whole lot, I think, in Dable's system. You're not going to see a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. No, but you will – well, again, it depends on how you call Myrick. If you call Myrick a tight end, you'll see 12 because – True. Because Bellinger and Myrick together, I think they're going to have some fun combinational routes. And I think motioning Myrick around and stuff will open up wham blocks and backside blocks that Dable does like to use. And we saw that up in Buffalo. So, you know, again, you might, you'll see a lot of traditional 11 with Dable and his system. And we saw that in, but I think that's why I like Myrick as a, that he's a little bit X factor because he does a little bit. He's a little bit of a Swiss army knife. He does a little bit here. He does a little bit there. He's going to give you good teams reps. So that's why I think you can steal a little bit there for sure. Definitely. Like, and like you said, you know, he can contribute to that running back group. All right. Receiver. Now that's going to probably be one of your tough decisions, I would think. But before we get into the, the bottom part of the depth, let's talk about Kenny Galladay because there was a play that circulated on Twitter. It was, you probably know what play I'm talking about. It was, it was a run by uh, Brita. I think it was an RPO if I'm not mistaken. And the camera kind of caught um, Galladay what looked like a half-baked type of effort that he did. He he did. You know, it looked like a business decision. Now, <laughs> tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but couldn't that have been a penalty if he had blocked beyond a certain on an RPO? Isn't that an offensive penalty, or am I mistaken there? No, it's not. Well, yes, it could be an offensive decision if he's blocking downfield, you know, and they pull the ball and throw it. Yes, but you know, I think I think Galladay is still trying to figure out his role in this system. I think he's still trying to figure out the system how it's going to fit him. You know, I think other receivers are starting to really understand and flourish in it. But for Galladay coming 
into the Giants last year, then getting hurt, not playing a lot, you know, really early, right? And then now having a new offensive system. I think he's still trying to figure his way around this system, this coaching staff, but this building, you know, because and then the New York press is on him to be a big contributor, big time guy. Let's go. You're getting paid all this money. And I don't think he feels he's getting the opportunities to really show out. And to be honest, he's not. And to be honest with you, this offense, while I see the beauty in it and I see the genius in it, it's and you know, last week we saw a lot of the consistency with Daniel Jones throwing the ball different places, right? It's not taking its pure form yet. And like I've been saying, this is an offense that's not gonna you're not gonna see till four, maybe five weeks into the season. Now what I saw out of the offense today, not having Daniel on the field, but starting with Tyrod and, and continuing with Webb, Debo was showing some good combination routes and some good things where when he gets all his tools on the field, it's going to be fun to watch because it's not like we've seen in the past. It's not like the basic stuff we've seen in the past. This is combinations where you're having tight ends, running backs, and receivers clearing routes out for – route trees or I'm sorry, route space out for other ones to come in behind him. He's using these combinations really eloquently in which is like, I see where you're going, Brian. Not a lot of people are going to see it, but I see where he's going with it. And I really hope that everybody is just patient through the first few weeks. Cause he's got to teach these young men spacing. And while we are running certain routes and combinations for spacing, and then how that's going to open up the next piece down the line you know this is hard to do in off season you need live reps so then when a when the receivers are running a clear out route and they don't understand why they're not getting the ball the running back behind them rips off a 20 yard catch you know what i mean or the tight end rips off a 15 yard catch like see this is why but once they start guarding and defending that route now we're going to bend you up it's going to be a sluggo it's going to be a corner route and then you know they're going to that guy's going to drift over here and we're going to drop it over here for you and that's when i think galladay is going to realize the beauty of this offense and buy him in more right now we've seen basic but when you've seen watch dabo's offense enough like i have the basic always leads to the counterpunch. That counterpunch is what Bill Walsh always was great at, and that means the next move off of how the defense makes a correction. So patience. bear with me. Patience on this. Patience on this. But I think receiver, you know, my questions: the health of the receivers at the top of the order. Is Galladay healthy enough to play a full season? Is Kadarius Tony healthy enough to play a full season? Are they going to try to move Kadarius Tony? You know, we saw a lot of work for uh, Robinson in preseason, and you know he seemed pretty good in a role in which I thought they would put, you know, Kadarius Tony and also Sterling Shepard. Is Shepard healthy enough to stick and play with their salary cap? What are they going to do with Sterling Shepard? I thought that would be an interesting conversation because. You know, he's a salary cap guy. He, he's carrying a big number. And Actually, they redid him. Okay. The guy that they – Slayton's the one I think is in danger. Slayton, yeah. I, I, I think Slayton's in danger too. I agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, with Shepard, his health in his previous years and everything, <coughs> I just – I don't know what we're going to do there. And some of these young guys showed some fun stuff, you know, and what are you going to do with them? Are you going to try to pass them through? and get them on the practice squad or, and leave them out, you know, out there, or are you going to protect them? It's going to be interesting to see how this gets cut up. 
All right, Giant fans, true confession time. I'm not a fan of keeping up with the Kardashians at all, but recently on a very old YouTube clip of Kimmy K losing one of her $75,000 earrings after being tossed into the ocean, that kind of resonated with me. No, not because I own a pair of $75,000 diamond earrings, but I do have a simple pair of gemstone earrings that I inherited from my mother that if anything were to happen to them, I just might flip out the way Kimmy K did in that video. But here's the thing, the good folks over at Brightco make it easy and affordable to cover any jewelry loss that you might experience. All it takes is a couple minutes to sign up, which you can do from your smartphone. And for about $5 a month, you get comprehensive coverage on your irreplaceable jewelry. So don't wait. Go on, hit them up at bright.co slash locked on to learn more or to secure your comprehensive coverage policy today. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, whenever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and the United Kingdom. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. So ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. All right, let's talk about the bottom of the receiver depth chart now. You know, the the injury to Colin uh, Johnson, very devastating. I think he would have made the roster. So now you've got uh, C.J. Board, who I think was banged up with a rib injury. I'm not sure he makes it. You've got Alec Bachman. You've got David Sills. You know, you have a couple of other guys here. I think they're going to keep at least six, possibly seven receivers. Definitely six would be my guess. Who gets those last uh, spots? Because you, you figure Galladay, Shepard, Tony, Robinson get the first four. Now you've got two to three spots at the bottom of the depth chart. Who gets them? Well, from what we saw last week, I think Sills and Jones have a little bit of a a bond going, and I would probably say Sills is is one of those. Okay, um, Bachman has been trying to push for it, but I don't think Bachman is going to be a lot of people's tea. So putting him on the practice squad, you know, letting him get on the practice squad and having to elevate him and activate him if something goes on might be the strategy I roll with him. Because I think just the kind of player he is, he's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So you can kind of get him through. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the injuries there kind of goofed it up a little bit. If Board's not healthy, they're going to carry him because they don't want to lose him, right? And you don't want to release him and and injury settle him and all that kind of mess. So mm-hmm. if you got Sills, Board, Robinson, Shepard, Tony, and Galladay, that's six. And then Slayton, like you said, to me is a cap casualty. Richie James does not show enough for me to keep him on the active roster. You know, I like Keenan Doss and Travis. Uh, the length. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Twice morning, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like him a lot, you know, and I would probably put Richie James on practice squad. But I would probably put Tavoni, Doss, and James on practice squad. And Slayton would be a cap casualty. And I don't know about Jalen Moore. Like, I didn't see enough of him to know 
you know, he's probably a stay in shape guy to me, you know? So I, on the active roster, I would keep six. Okay. And then I would put the rest on practice roster just because there might be a better cut receiver being honest with you coming up. Some of these other teams are kind of loaded at receiver and mm-hmm. you might see a guy get cut that you might claim to put on that seventh spot. Yeah, true. I mean, again, the initial, we got to remind people it's the initial 53, not the final. There will be changes and there will be changes probably for the first three to four weeks of the season as guys, you know, get cut and are brought up and down. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk offensive line because this is going to be tricky. They do have some injuries. Ben Bredesen dealing with an elbow. I have a feeling he starts on IR once he's eligible to to be moved to IR. Shane Lemieux, same situation. So that said, how do do you overload there? Do you keep, I don't know, 10, 11 guys with the idea that you're going to move two to IR or what do you do there? that's going to be the tricky part. That's one of the, well, again, you got, let's go at the top of the roster, right? You got Thomas and you got Neil at the tackles. We know that, right? Boom. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Felicioni at the center, right? Feliciani, yeah. Feliciani at center. So we got three spots. And then um, Glowski, is that how you say it? Glowinski. Glowinski. I'm a butcher with names. If you haven't learned that yet, I'm a butcher. Um yeah, he's going to be the right guard. So we're trying to figure out who's going to be at the left guard. In your best opinion, who would you say right now? I don't know. Devery Hamilton, maybe? See, I was thinking Hamilton, but also, and this is an outside-the-box thought. This is an outside-the-box thought. I was thinking Will Holden might slide in there. Really? And he had a decent game the last Ooh. couple games. And, I and again, I don't see him really good out in space. Like, that's not where I, I'm excited about him. But when you watch him run block and you ro- watch him short set and get his hands on guys, I was like, ooh, okay, I see where you're at. And they might be better tools fitted at guard. Now, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know at all. I, You know, I don't know this crew. I don't have an inside tell on this crew like I did before, right? Right. But I kind of was, like, watching the game today and watching Holden again, and, and guard just came up to me. I'm like, I wonder if they'll – Put Holden in there and give him a shot to to play there. This this an idea, just a thought. But yeah, uh, Hamilton to me is is all is the obvious choice to go in there and play until um, Shane gets back. Shane comes back. Yeah. And then you have Garcia and Douglas. What do you do with those two? <coughs> I like Garcia better than I like Douglas, in my opinion. So you know, for me. I didn't think I would say that because Garcia is not – I'm not a huge Max Garcia fan. Um, but th- when I watched him this preseason with the Giants, I liked what I saw out of him. So what I might do is try to keep both those guys up. I would try to keep – if, if I could, I would try to keep eight to nine off- offensive linemen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a, I mean, I really would with where they're at in their depth and not p- this being an offensive line that's shown some good promise. I wouldn't want to get rid of or risk. And a lot of people around the league are looking for offensive linemen. So if you can work the math 
and like pick up that running back spot to an offensive lineman, or like I said, use that that extra receiver spot to an offensive lineman. You know, I would do it because the exposing too many offensive linemen right now to the waiver wire could cost you. It really could. Yeah. And, and that's just me. I love building through the trenches and offensive linemen are so hard to find, especially this time of year. If you, and tackles to me are like the premium. You got to keep tackles on the varsity over the the centers and or over the guards. I would rather expose a guard, but right now your injuries at guard. So, you know, it kind of gives you that, 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 that little ugh, but you can't expose a tackle right now. There's too many people. I've watched too many preseason games to see t- bad tackle play. And if you have a good tackle that you like, you cannot expose them right now. You got to keep them on the varsity. Absolutely. And uh, that's why I think on my initial roster projection, I think I had 10, 10 offensive linemen for that same reason that, you know, you don't want to expose anybody. You can always cut back and you will when you put guys on IR and let's not kid ourselves. I'm, I'm pretty sure Shane Lemieux is going to start on IR. I would not be surprised if um, Bredesen starts on IR, but that's certainly complicating the whole picture. <coughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's when you got to play the, the, the roster games. And that's why I like the receivers. I think you can pass through and get them onto your practice squad the, the running backs, I think you can pass through, get them on your practice squad, pick up roster spots there to help you with this O-line situation. Then once you move folks to the IR, you can maybe claim a guy, go get a guy to be up or move a guy up. You know, you're, you're going to play the roster game for the next couple couple weeks, like you said. Yeah. But, it, 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 but, you know, for sure the next few days, you know, this roster is going to get a few new faces by next Friday. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting for sure. And that's the beautiful thing about the way they set up. Like as a football fan, I'm like, screw it. Let's line up and play. Like, let's go. Right. But the beautiful thing is like, if you do have to claim a, a receiver right now, a running back, you have almost two weeks to get them prepared for game day. Yeah. Which is a benefit of the new scheduling. So exactly. It's benefiting the players in that because if they get cut, they lose a job, they can go to a tryout <laughs> this week. They can, you know, walk in a building, learn the playbook, and they can potentially, you know, run some special teams for somebody, but they're not so far behind, you know, especially if it's somebody from Buffalo that knows Debo's system that they want to claim, right, that Buffalo lets go. They can walk in and potentially be starting, that, you know, for game one. Like, you know, they just know. Or somebody from Baltimore off Baltimore's defense that knows Wink's defensive scheme, right? They can bring them up and, and use them. So, you know, it's a situation where a former player could come in and walk in and fill a spot over the next two weeks. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, planning your fantasy sports or betting action for the 2022 NFL season has never been easier when you use prize picks. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available for any of the major sporting leagues or players that you select. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it's that easy. 
Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada and offers safe and fast withdrawals. So go ahead and download the Prize Pick apps or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time listeners can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So don't forget that promo code locked on at sign up to receive an instant deposit match of up to $100. All right, David, let's talk now about defense because I think they have some tough decisions they've got to make there. They have some easy ones too. They have some easy ones as well. All right. Let's start with the D line. What are your thoughts there? Love them. I'm like fired up. I don't. I want to keep them all. I want them all. I, I don't want to <laughs> let any of them go. But that's not the reality, right? Um, so here on D line, you know, I think they did a really good job. Applaud this staff. They did a very good job identifying players that fill this system really well. They they seem to be coached up really well all the way through the game today. I mean, Roche got tackled on that last touchdown play, just absolutely atrocious. That wasn't called holding. I mean, the yeah. guy was – that was a wrestling move. He necktied him and then brought him to the ground, and the Jets get a touchdown off it, but whatever. <laughs> um, but, again, you saw the boys – you know, the kids played hard all day today. They really did. We had interjection of some, you know, starters. But, again, once you see Williams and Ellis and Lawrence, Thibodeau and a large – Ojulari. Ojulari. All lined up together and running this scheme, it's going to be a thing of beauty. Um, behind them, I really have enjoyed watching these young kids play. Nick Williams and Holmes and da- David Moa, even today. David Moa was taking on double teams like a champ today. I mean, just holding his position inside and just not moving. It was, it's the little things like that that, you know, the average fan's not going to appreciate, but I'm watching the game and I see him just like, just chewing up bodies so linebackers can get in there and make plays. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how do you give up on this guy? You can't let him go anywhere, you know? It was just beautiful for me to watch, watching him play. And I know David from when he came out, and I was, like, so happy to see him playing at a high level and stuff. He's a great kid. So I think this is one of the tougher decisions. And really, when you talk about those rush ends like Fox, Roche, um, and the linebackers like Colin and Caligario and Brown even. And, you know, like, gosh, they played so good today. You got, you know, Ellerson Smith, obviously, we don't – we haven't seen enough out of him. Injury. He's yeah. going to probably start on IR once, you know, they do the, the roster yeah. shuffle. That's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't seen enough to keep him up. But, I mean, look at Brown. I mean, that kid on special teams. Special teams. Oh my gosh, he would just be a heartthrob, wouldn't he? Oh my goodness. He was a captain today, actually. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, Fox, Roche, Brown, Carter, Coughlin. Do you keep, do you, do you maybe keep, you, you haven't mentioned Jihad Ward, who they picked up from Baltimore, or Justin Ward. Ellis, who's, who's one of the front guys there. I yeah, mean, do I, you, do you say, do you keep those guys, or do you, do you say, hey, these younger guys are, are really stepping up. I'll tell you, this is the hard decision. This is one of the hard ones. Like I said, you this front, they have built so well for Wink. And and to watch them play like they did today, they I mean, they got gashed a little bit on some stuff. 
I mean, let's not be, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we didn't have room for improvement, but we did. But as young defense, think about this up until that last drive, pretty much they had, they held the jets to 17 points. Right. And it was, and, and this was, I mean, the first quarter and a half, it was basically the jets starting offense. So you're looking at a defense that was 90% backups holding the starting offense to another NFL team to very little yards and, uh, you know, 17 points. So, I mean, that's pretty dang good. Hmm. You know, they gave up some yards. They got some turnovers, right? We had an interception today. We had forced fumble today. Uh, you know, we had Roche blocking passes today. Again, we did some really nice things here. And that front made a lot of it happen. So, you know, for me, I think this is one of the tougher decisions because exposing people like Ward, like Fox, like Kalajoto or whatever, Austin, I'll just call him Austin because I'm not, I'm going to kill his last name. You know, that people in the league know who they are and he, they could get it. They could definitely get picked up. There are people looking for linebackers with talent and this room is deep in town. Yeah. And that, that front, that defensive front, the, the line and the, you know, the edge guys, you know, poof. can you ever recall them being that deep? It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while since we've seen this kind of depth at the New York Giants with this kind of talent at the New York Giants uh, as far as rushing and handling the run game. I think they are going to do a fantastic job. And when these two young bucks that are banged up right now get on that line, Game, you know, hopefully for Tennessee, everybody's healthy. We got that front five dialed in and on the field together and watching them all come off the edge, go going after it. It's going to be, it's a true test because, you know, Tennessee's going to run downhill. Derrick Henry and, you know, that freight train that he is, they're coming downhill. They don't, I mean, they're not going to put the ball in Tannehill's hands to let him win the game. You know, they're going to try to run the ball at you. So that front's got to be healthy and ready to go. And you got to have backups like Moa. Sure that are ready to roll to step in and fill the trenches and take some reps off guys, you know? So again, I don't know. This is one of the tough decisions where we were talking about needing to make decisions from injuries or how you could skate through and find some areas to pick up some. This is one that's hard because it, who they, they have to expose somebody, right? They're going to have to expose at least three or four of these guys who they expose. They might not get back. Yeah, for the first time in a while, they I was just thinking about that, that the Giants might actually put guys ex, or expose guys and not get them back. Yeah. You don't see that very often either. You don't. And this is a this is a group where <coughs> I'm going to be happy for whoever it is gets picked up somewhere else, but I'll be sad as well as I'm sure this locker room will be sad for losing whoever it is because they know they're good players. You just can't keep them all. Agreed. All right, inside linebacker. Martinez is, is going to stick. Uh, Beavers, the injury to him kind of opens things up a little bit. How do you see that position stick, uh, shaping out? I think, yeah, Martinez and Crowder with Brown, um, Carter Coughlin and McFadden. I think, you know, that. You keep all five? I'm thinking Coughlin might be on the bubble there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw some good stuff out of Coughlin and, I'm not the I'm not everybody in this league, but for me, if he gets cut and I'm running a, a three four scheme and I can use him at special teams right away, I mean I, he's a guy that I might 
pick up and bring on. And, you know, that's one that if you expose them, you might not get them back. Yeah. And so, and again, it's going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. If I, my butt was on the line right now, Coughlin would probably be on the team and I would be making other moves in other positions um, to keep him for my special teams, to keep him, uh, you know, on this, on this roster. But sitting here on the radio or on the podcast, I could say, expose him, you know, and, yeah. and let him go and, and see if you can get through. Cause you do have 16 man practice rosters. You got to fill. And if you can get them through waivers and you really think you can expose them, put them on that roster. And then when somebody comes sniff and activate them, if you can um, back up, you know, but I think he's somebody that someone's going to come sniffing around. And especially like you said, if you, you, if you get Fox through and you put them on a uh, practice roster, if you get, you know, some of the young guys on that front and get them on, they're going to, if they don't get picked up, people are going to be sniffing right away. Yeah. They're definitely. just, it's just talents. It's just, it's just, and this is where it's good. These are the hard decisions you have to make <laughs> as personnel decision makers. I'm not trying to seem like I'm on the fence, but if I had the board up in front of me and I had my coaches in my ear, it really would weigh in on who's staying and who's going or who we're exposing uh, and then trying to get through onto, you know, practice roster. Um, because there are teams out there that need pass rushers, that need linebackers, that need rush ends that need stout inside players, you know, enough teams are running 34 these days that it's not a rare thing anymore. And there are defenses out there that will soak up your young players um, just because they don't like their own. Yeah, definitely. You know? All right. Let's talk defensive secondary. We'll start with the Easy. safeties, <laughs> the safeties. So McKinney, yep. Love, Belton, yeah. They're, they're locks. Um, who from Thompson, Corker, and um, what's his name? Nate Metter, Metters? Metters. Metters. Um, who, do, who do you like uh, for that fourth guy? I like Trenton Thompson. I saw the most out of the Trenton Thompson. I like Corker. Don't get me wrong, but I think Corker made a, a couple mistakes today and met meters. I think the coaches will like his leadership. I think that's what they'll like about him. So they might push for him, which makes sense. But for me, I from what I saw in preseason, I would keep Trenton Thompson with Belton, Love, and McKinney. I think that would be a good special teams player. He would also be a guy who could fill in in different ways in the secondary. Um, and then I would try to put Corker and see if Meters would take a practice wide roster uh, for initial. And then, you know, as we need to move him up, but Corker showed some decent stuff today and and last week. I'm not against him at all. I just don't think he fits my top four in that group. Yeah. And I'm not and I wouldn't keep five with what I have going on with the rest of the roster. Normally, I would keep five safeties because they're so hard and they're trained up in your system, you know. But with our front being so stacked, offensive line, like as we talked about, I'm only keeping four safeties on my initial cut list here. What are you doing at cornerback? I'm guessing that's probably easy as far as nobody really, you know, standing up. I'm shopping at cornerback. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am shopping. I am trying to find some answers. You know, it was just, it's been so hard to watch the <laughs> secondary. I mean, there's just huckleberries all over the place, you know, and it's just, you know, 
it's tough. I mean, I don't like Aaron Robinson outside the nickel. I like him in that nickel role, but on the outside, I'm just not liking what I'm seeing there. Uh, we saw Dorsey just get picked on all day today. Like wherever 31 was, that's where they went. He was the Huckleberry in the second half. I mean, it's anywhere he was, they just went right at him. Um, so again, for me at cornerback, I like Jackson. I like what I'm seeing out of Jackson. I like Holmes Jackson. Looks good. Holmes has looked decent for sure. You know, but I like Jackson, McKinney, and Love. Like that's my base three. Those that's my base three. Right. I would be looking to be better than Holmes. You know, he looks fine. Don't get me wrong. But I would like to have better than Holmes and have Holmes and and then Robinson at the nickel and Holmes in those roles that we can move them around, not depending on them to start right away. But, you know, I think I think Robinson in the nickel is a lot better than Robinson on the outside. Yeah, that was originally the plan, I think. Yeah, but so the problem is we need a better outside guy so we can move Robinson back to the nickel, have Holmes as a backup. Obviously, Robinson can kick out for injury if he has to play outside, but you need better at outside, you know? And so, and I didn't see any of these young kids really solidify that spot for themselves. What about Flot? I mean, then I know he was injured, but did he stand out at all to you? I'm not a Flot guy. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend to like somebody I don't. I mean, (laughs) he's okay. He's not, you know, and again, I just didn't see enough of these guys that put the flag down and said, this is my spot, coach. You know, like I'm taking this spot. We could sit here and say, yeah, they're good enough. Yeah, they're okay. But if I'm the GM of this team, I'm shopping this waiver wire for more corners. And I'm looking for the veteran cap casualty corner. Honestly, I'm looking for the veteran (coughs) cap casualty corner that's 5'11 to 6' foot with long arms that will play well in this defense that Wink can line up first few weeks on man-to-man till they get to know his system and we'll be okay. You know, and they go, oh, you're not cutting man-to-man corners. Yes, there's going to be a man-to-man corner that gets cut because of a cap casualty. And we don't have a ton of money to pay him. Don't get me wrong. Wink's going to have to do some of the Wink magic and get on the phone and recruit here to tell the kid to come play for him for a year. Then next year, maybe we'll make it right. But, you know, I've seen Wink recruit and sell the program plenty of times when we were at the Raiders together. He's a very good recruiter. So, again, it's going to be one of those veteran guys that you're going to say, hey, we're in a below average division. We're going to make the playoffs. You're going to have playoff bonuses. We're going to put that in your contract. You know what I mean? You're going to sell the program and sell the role, and you're going to walk in here with a chance to start type conversation. Um, But that's what I would be doing. To, to solidify this defense. Yeah, absolutely. All right. There's one more position I've got to ask you about before we call it a show. And this one I've kind of gone back and forth with punter. I haven't been totally overwhelmed by what I've seen from Jamie Gillian. How do you I, not love Jamie Gillian? Like, this- I think the last couple of weeks he's been a little bit better, but you know, I just don't think you like punters. I just don't think you like punters. I think I you got to think against Are you kidding punters. me? I think I you got it. Ever since Jeff Fiegel's, you don't like punters. That's, That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. I was a big Steve Weatherford fan. Oh boy! Steve was one of my, yeah, know. Steve was one of my my guys. But I'm just I like, saying. 
I like what I've seen out of Jamie Gillian, and I love the versatility last week when Graham Gano got hurt. He kicked field goals, he kicked off, and he and he and he was a punter, right? That and he's a left-footed guy, which which always drives people nuts. So he's got a heck of a leg. I really am enjoying watching him punt. I think you, I think today he dropped the punt and then he had to do the rugby style, picked it up, was able to do it. I mean, he he's to me, I enjoy him. I think he's he's gonna be a good asset for us. He's got a strong leg. And when it's winter starts to come around, he's going to be able to kick through the wind there at the stadium. And that's something that not a lot of kickers can do. Very true. That wind is tricky. Yeah, it's a tricky wind. And this is a guy that has a rugby background. So if they have to, you know, go rugby style a couple times just because of positioning on the field or whatever, he's got versatility. He can do all three kicks. You just, that's, I can't even describe what kind of weapon that is. Cause if your kicker gets hurt in the game and you got to hit an extra point to win the game, at least you got a guy that can do it now that's sitting there. He can do it. He's done it in a game. So I'm not throwing that out ever unless he's just terrible and he's not terrible. All right. I hope you're right. I mean, I don't want to see him in the damn rushing lanes. We can talk about that. We talk well, about the I think <laughs> once they people. settle that that depth uh, question, because the coverage all three weeks has just been there. Yeah, the rush lanes, the integrity in those kick those rush lanes downhill on special teams, they need to be better and tightened up. Because all three weeks, that's the one thing I've really been hard on this team about. But it's it's peaked his head all three weeks. They're not keeping their lane integrity when going down and covering kicks and kickoffs and punts. They got to, they got to do a better job there. Agree, definitely. All right, so we've gone through the roster. We've gotten your your uh, takes on what they, what you would do if you were them. Um, always interested to see what other people have to say. Um, Giant fans, you want to see what I have to say about it? Uh, you can check out Giants Country on Monday. My 53-man initial projection will be up. And also this week on the Locked on Giants podcast, Nick Filato will be joining me. We'll be doing um, a roster preview show as well. And then on Friday, we will have the entertainer back live. So Nick's show is going to be live. And that'll be tomorrow, at, starting at, or on Monday, I should say, starting at 1 o'clock. The entertainer's live with me. On Friday, I'll give you the start time as we get through the show a little, uh, the week rather. And uh, we'll just keep on seeing, you know, what the Giants have in store. There's going to be a lot to talk about. David, as always, really enjoyed the uh, the feedback during the preseason. We've got a big season coming up. Uh, I know you'll be with me uh, on Mondays or Sunday nights, whatever the case may be. And we're, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. I'm sure we are too. It's going to be exciting. Like I said, these two... <clears throat> The two phases of the game that we see right now that we're really excited about offense and defense, I think are going to be vastly different than what we've seen in the past two, three years, maybe even five years, right? You know, so it's going to be amazing to watch. And, you know, I think Daniel Jones is going to really benefit from this offense a lot. I think Saquon Barkley is going to benefit from this offense. All of them are. It, it seems that Debo's got a great plan in place and he's, and he's tailoring it to his to his talent that he has got a fixed offensive line as far as health. But other than that, that offense is going to be coming. 
Well, there's no game this coming week or a, a weekend from today, but we'll talk more about um, how Dable's plan is kind of coming together. We'll have you on. We'll do a special kind of season preview, if you will, if you're available. Um, and we'll talk about that as well as a whole lot more about the New York football giants. So David, I want to thank you as always giant fans want to thank you for tuning in to the Locked on giants podcast, uh, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day for David Turner. I'm Patricia Trana. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Don't forget live show one o'clock. Nick Filato joins me as we talk giants roster. See you then.